This episode is brought to you by Territory Co., the home of unique handcrafted skulls. Find them on Instagram at territoryco underscore underscore or online at www.territoryco.com.au. Welcome to All Things Small Biz, a podcast to help you take the leap and run your own business from someone who has done it themselves and wants to share what they learnt with you. Hello and welcome to the All Things Small Biz podcast. My name is Sarah Hales, your host, and today we'll be talking about productivity. Um, Today we'll talk about some of my productivity hacks, or just generally how I fit things in, and then we'll bring in today's amazing guest, Lou Webb from Lou Webb Collection. But first, as always, we have Brian with us for a little chat to kick things off. Brian? Sarah, how are you, darling? Good, thank you. How are you? Top of the world. Darling. That's funny. Not a, not a word you roll out that often. Oh, I call my daughter darling every day. <laughs> so, let's get on to this productivity. Sarah, could you please tell us what a day or a week looks like for you? Oh, look, we did this in one of the other podcasts. Busy, I'll say. Busy. I don't only just run this uh, podcast. I have West of the Waves. We have another business called Crab Oz. Um, I work as an engineer. We have two kids, three and two. Um, we do pop-up shops on the weekend. Um, and you are gone from the house uh, 12 hours a day. So, yeah, it is hectic. Let's just say hectic. Yeah, it's a little bit busy around here. Yeah, that's one way of putting it. I've heard you um, make a few bold statements oh. since you've had kids. Um, and you've said that you're... You're more productive now than before you had children. Definitely, without a doubt. How does that work? I don't know how it works, to be honest. Some kind of magic dust gets sprinkled on you, I think. Um, I do honestly think to myself, you know, back in the days when I was single, career woman, no children, uh, I did get a lot done. But now, somehow, I managed to uh, have two children manage a couple of businesses and work. And I honestly, I cannot even explain how it works, but I think it's got a little bit to do with decision-making and prioritizing. Mm-hmm. I seem to be able to cut out a lot of crap and just focus on what actually needs to be done. My time management is a lot better. Uh, my multitasking has gotten better, but I really think that I can sort out all of the shit And that doesn't need to be done. This does need to be done. I'm very good at prioritizing and, um, you know, getting things done in the time frame that they need to be done. Yeah, right. eh? I've also heard you say that you think you're busier. Well, yes, I am. (laughs) That's that's just a given. And you're getting more done. Yeah, 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 absolutely. How does that work? You've got all these extra responsibilities now. Well, I think it's just exactly that. I think that, um, you know, I I look at my engineering work and you might have doubted yourself or wanted to get a second opinion or waited for somebody to get back to you. But now, just because I know how much I've got to get done and the time frame that I have to get it done, I'm a lot more decisive. I'll still, you know, obviously ask for second opinions and do everything properly, but 
I don't have the time to wait for other people to stuff around. So, um, I'm a lot more confident in, you know, just backing myself and knowing that I've made the right decision and just getting on with things. So, yeah, I don't know whether or not that answers your question, but I've, I've talked to several other small business owners, particularly women, and they often say the same thing. And I've, I've also said this is that whilst I wanted to start a small business before I had a family, uh, I never did. I never got to the point where I could actually pull the trigger and start the small business. That didn't happen until after um, I had the kids. So, this one lady that I was talking to was saying, oh, you know, sometimes I'm just ever so slightly envious of, you know, single um, business owners who have all this extra time on their hands. And after a while during the conversation, I said to her, you know what, actually, that might be true, but I didn't get the guts or, you know, find the time or whatever it might be to start my small business until after I had the children. So they go hand in, in hand in hand, as far as I'm concerned, I, cu- I couldn't do it before I had the kids. I just never got it done. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, you just can't change anything. No. What I was thinking was maybe that you've got two little people, human beings that rely on you. It, it makes you find the time, makes you not waste the time that you have because you know that you have to be productive. You have to make this done so you can then spend the time with these. Yeah, and I'm quite strict on myself with making sure that they get my full attention for different periods throughout the day. I have um, I have things set up on my phone um, so that I don't get any notifications from my apps Um during the hours of two o'clock in the afternoon till 7 p.m. at night. So, my emails will come in, my phone calls will come in, and any sales that come in from Shopify, I will get alerted. But all of my Instagram, Facebook, any of the other apps are all on silent um, for that time. And that is because they wake up from their afternoon sleep around two o'clock and seven o'clock is around about when they go to bed. So, if I don't get back to somebody between two and seven. That is why it's because I I mute all of my notifications so that the kids can have my attention for the afternoon. We normally go outside and play, you know, and I actually find that that makes me a little bit more productive as well is because I know that I've got to get all of my business done in the morning um, or in the evening. And I've got that time blocked out for family time, dinner, baths, story reading, getting everybody to bed, and then I can get back into it. But I guess what you were saying there too is that the difference between not having a family and now having a family with the business is that I've got to make use, full use of the windows of time that I do have available. So on the days when the kids go to daycare, I'm absolutely flat out cramming things in, going here, there and everywhere, getting all of the jobs done. So again, when the kids do come home, they can have time with us and not have us completely distracted doing something else when we could be spending that time with them because they're only little for such a short amount of time. That's right. And um, how do you fit it all in? Mm, yeah, don't sleep much. Yeah. Could do with more sleep. <laughs> Sunday afternoons supposed to be our sleep time when the children are asleep and we haven't been getting that. We've been recording podcast. Well, all right. Well, Sarah... I'm sure the listeners out there would like to hear 
some of your best productivity hacks? I like to batch things. I think that batching is probably the best productivity hack. And by batching, what I mean is that if you are going to be doing stories for your Instagram and you need to, you know, in my case, try on clothes or put on outfits. So rather than do one of those every single day, so you've got to do hair and makeup and get shoes and, or, you know, lay out outfits, block out an hour or two and just do all of them and save them into your photos. And then using your planning app, I use Plannerly, but I have had experience with Plan and also Later. But what I'm using and have been using for quite a while is Plannerly. You can then upload those stories on the days throughout the week. So yeah, you cut out all of that time of having to put on your makeup and do your hair and whatever, by doing that in a batch. If I'm uploading products onto the website, I will sit down and I will just dedicate the time that I have available to just doing that one task. Um, So yeah, whenever I'm doing something, I batch it into a like task and just smash it out. Very good. That'll be handy. Hmm. The planning app is really good. We like to plan uh, up to two weeks ahead So we have all the content planned to go onto our social media and then I get a list of what's coming up on our social media and then I go in and batch all the stories to match uh, with the outfits, etc. So... I know I briefly introduced Lou at the top of the podcast, but I just wanted to expand a little further. Lou is a wife, a mother, and along with her family, she's a cotton and wool producer on their family property located in central New South Wales. But on top of all of that, Lou is the owner and creator behind Lou Web Collection. Lou's a lover of natural fibre and she has a real flair for style and creativity. She was the runner-up in the Australian Wool Fashion Awards in the evening category with a gown created from the wool from her family property, hand-spun and woven into cloth in Italy. That was the start of everything. The Lou Webb collection features some of the most gorgeous hats you'll ever see and some stunning clothes as well. Lou creates some signature-style Panamas and fedora hats, showcasing Lou's love of exquisite feathers, ribbons, leather, handmade buttons. Lou, gosh, thank you so much for agreeing to be on the podcast today. And could we maybe get you to um, explain to the listeners where you're based? Yes, hello, everybody. I'm based at Warren in central west New South Wales, which is about an hour and a half out of Dubbo. On, on your way to the outback, to Ningen. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a, a small place of about 2,000 people and it's very strongly represented with uh, wool, cotton and cropping. Fantastic. I, funnily enough, Lou, yeah. I actually know a few people from Ningen. Do you? They often, and Lightning Ridge, they oftentimes um, would come up and work in the mines oh, yes. for seven days and then they would drive all the way back down there and do, um, you know, seven days down there and then do it all again. Yeah, the fly in, fly out. Well, a lot of those guys actually would drive because, um, you know, it was sort of too far from an airport, I suppose. By the time they waited at the airports, they could be halfway home. Well, we found, like, 
around here for quite some time, like it was the mining that would hold everything up in regards to employment um, because like behind us now, we we were going through quite a, a tremendous drought. So yeah. those boys and girls would join the mining industry because there was just nothing to come home to in regards to going back on the family farm. So Lou, your hats, I just love them. Oh, thank you. How did you learn your trade? How did you learn how to build a beautiful hat? Well, being creative, I originally started out um, as an artist and then oh, yeah. and then there was a travelling milliner from Melbourne and she would come out to Outback New South Wales and conduct workshops. And I saw a workshop one time in the newspaper and I thought, right, I'm going to do this. And I did. And, yeah. and um, I loved it because I've always been infatuated with uh, hats, mainly through Gay Waterhouse. Oh, I used yes, to I love them. revel over anything, how she looked when she would be at the races, oh, like her hats are to die for. So that was very much inspirational that started all this. So I just went, right, I'm doing this. I just believe in now or never yeah. and went along with that. So I just used to do little tiny short courses and then the rest is just, uh, you know, what is exposed on the internet in regards to hat making. But then another huge portion of uh, my learning journey with the trade is with just doing trial and error because yeah. a lot a, a lot to do with what you're working with in regards to maybe a straw Panama hat is going to be totally different to how um, a felt hat will come together. So it's just uh, learning about all their different characteristics and just learning as you go, um, oh, you know, just and also too with the, the uh, trim products that you're using, whether it's feathers, leathers, um, to help create that uh, creativity. Yeah, oh, so that's how I learned with the trade. But it's an ongoing thing, always learning. Yes. I will never not learn something along the way. I agree with you. It's just so good to keep your brain ticking over, but it also yes. um, come up with a product at the end of it. It's really rewarding. Very rewarding. And um, when we are creating a hat, it actually takes quite a a lengthy process because, you know, you can't create something at the click of the fingers. It's, it's sort of, it evolves. It evolves because, like, we have certain, LWC has certain hat styles and that's come about because of experimenting, oh, no, the hat doesn't want to do that or the hat does want to do that. That's where it wants to sit. So you just work with it yeah. uh, and not against it. Yeah, and that's um, a philosophy that we do have is that when we develop a creative uh, design uh, to be sustainable, we stick to it mm -hmm. and that just 
we stick to a style and that becomes the style for now and for the future. Oh, beautiful. And I think that that your style is really classic as well. It's not something that sort of goes in and out of fashion. I feel like the hats that you design, people have been wearing for a long time and will continue to wear because they're just Well, we hope so Um, because we like that edginess to it as well so that it's, you know, like with regards to the Panamas, you know, like most hat producers may just put a a hat band of cross grain ribbon on Mm -hmm. and that's it. But I think what sets us apart is um, how our hat bands are just so different. They are. They're beautiful. I love the feathers. So different. And the feathers, yes, (laughs) the feathers. We, We use very good quality feathers, which we source from England. Oh, wow. So, yeah, we've we've tried the Australian feathers, but the quality we we uh, we just honour the quality um, so much. And when you've got quality, you find that feathers will do what you want it to do so much easier when you've got the quality. Oh, that's amazing. So, really, with regards to your trade, then I suppose. You haven't gone off and done a big fancy course. You've just done a few little things here and there and you've, you know, self-taught off the internet. And I think that's such a good message because, you know, as a small business owner or somebody who's looking to maybe start a small business, you don't have to go and get lots of formal qualifications. You can really just start. Well, the formal qualifications in regards to millinery is only offered in Sydney Mm -hmm. at TAFE. So on a full-time situation, so that's not going to fit into someone that is based in Warren that is six hours away from Sydney. So it's a trade that is not dying out, but it's a trade that is very specialised and you can understand why it would only be offered in Sydney yes. to and, do so. And Lou, can you give us a little bit of an insight into your life? Because you've got kids away from home and responsibilities, obviously, at the farm as well. Yes. Well, I have three children, which are now um, adults, and I've got a teenager. So Ollie, he's at uni at Armadale and... Um, Arthur, he's the youngest boy. He's still mm-hmm. at boarding school. He's spent most of his time back here at Warren, of course, with the COVID situation. And then there's Annabelle, who is quite an inspiration to us. She's the face of LWC mm-hmm. in regards to, uh, you know, modelling the hats, whether it be, you know, with the photo shoots and in magazines. So. We're very well. I I consider myself very lucky that I've got a a model that a I don't have to model. pay. <laughs> so, well, yes, a ready-made model. So, in regards to the farming um, side of things, we're quite uh, diversified and we're quite spread out. Whereas, say, we grow cotton, which is three hours away from Warren at a place called Lake Cajelico, and then we have um, farming wheat, which is at Warren, and sheep, which is, you know, about 40 k's um, away from mm-hmm. 
the home. So I haven't really actually been quite physical like a, a traditional as farmers would be. I'm sort of more like pulling the strings mm-hmm. behind the scenes whereby, you know, I've been in charge of doing the office work and organising finances, like showing up to the accountant, even to the bank yeah. bank managers. So we're sort of a little bit, we've been a little bit outside the box for quite some time. So just the other day in regards to Annabelle, Annabelle took Arthur down to Lake Angelico to help Duncan, mm-hmm. my husband, um, start prepping for cotton and, um, you know, like situations happen, like Annabelle ended up um, trying to pick up the irrigation siphons and um, she ended up getting bitten by a snake last week. Oh, God. Yes. So there was a snake and then there was another snake chasing that snake. Oh, and so, this is that it, awful you know, time of year when um, they're just coming out of hibernation and they're really angry. Yes, <laughs> that's right. That's right, and they're probably a little bit frisky too. So that that was an interesting journey. And is she all right? Well, she she is. She took a little bit to get over that, like the shock of it all. Um, the the snake fangs just grazed her. Oh God! The snake did not have time to really let loose and put its fangs with the venom oh, into her. But uh, yeah, no, it was um, treated quite serious oh. so yeah which was you know 300 k's away when it happened so that was an interesting I bet week. you almost had a heart attack when you heard heard the news well it's funny it's funny enough in these times um with everything that's gone on i i just tend to just uh become desensitized i just uh, okay this is what's happened uh, this is. Mm. I leave the emotions out of it. This is why my partner's falling. My husband's yeah. falling apart. But <laughs> that's what makes a good partnership. Somebody's got to stay calm. Yes, it is. Yes, yeah, someone's got to stay calm. So I, yeah, it's just like to cope. I just desensitise. Oh gosh. Well, I'm so pleased that she's um, okay. And it was probably a brown snake. Yes, it was. I remember that. Yes. Yes. So. Um, I think she'll have nightmares to come, I guess. Absolutely. That would really rock me. When we moved from the property that I grew up on to the property that we live on now, I mm-hmm. said to my dad, because I've always worked, uh, you know, outside with the boys, and I said to dad, what sort of snakes should I be looking out for in this country? And I knew that there were obviously brown snakes, but where I grew up we had um, – Taipans and oh, death right. adders they're a, and they're a different story. Red belly blacks. We had everything. And they're um, another level. I was saying to him, you know, obviously there's going to be brown snakes around. You know, what else do I need to be look out for? Is there something else here that I don't know about? And he he said, Oh no, no, there's no snakes around here. And I don't know why, but like I obviously knew that there were snakes, but from him saying that, I then was being really complacent and I was walking yes. around with, you know, just flip-flop thongs on going to As feed a do. horse or something. And <laughs> mum said, what are you doing? Put some boots on. 
I said, oh, dad said not to be too worried about snakes. And mum just tore into him. She was like, Peter, I can't (laughs) believe that you told her that. You know she believes everything you say. (laughs) Well, Duncan actually said to Arthur and Annabelle, can you please wear jeans? Because they might they might be snakes. Oh no, Dad, no. No, 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 it'll be right. Yeah. And that happened. Oh my <laughs> it's gosh. a good learning lesson, isn't it? Oh, it's a good learning lesson. Very much so. Yes. Snakes. I do like it how, you know, country women and women based on properties and whatever sort of you know, the jobs that you're talking about there, office work, talking to the accountant, going to the bank, oh, dealing yeah. with finance. Mm. I mean, they are a massive part of running a business. <laughs> but Aren't they? They're really – it's quite heavy, isn't it? It is. And, uh, but I just find sometimes that country women are like, oh, yes, yes, this is the bit that I do. I don't, you know, move the irrigation line. Well, country women – Years ago, that wouldn't have happened, but uh, country women are actually the doors open for them now yes. to be the one, to be the front person to organise that financials and also to go and see the accountant. Mm. Whereas years ago, uh, yeah, that would never have happened. No, and, com- and country happened. women are just so resilient and, you know, organised and Oh, I don't. I can't even think of the words, but inspirational. True, true. But I, I kind of think also with country women, like strip it back to, you know, we we are still real people in the sense that, you know, we we have emotions. We've got things to deal with, and you know, it doesn't turn us into legends. It just, it's life. Yeah. It's life. Yeah. It's a humble life and um, you just got to roll with it and get on with it. But that doesn't necessarily mean you can't have a bit of a nervous breakdown along the way. you got full permission. You know, you don't have to be this iron person, iron woman person. No, that's good advice. You're allowed. I think you're allowed to do this, be this and, and, and actually be weak as well. You're allowed. You are allowed. Absolutely. You don't mm. have to be strong all the time. No. But, Lou, how on earth do you find the time for such an amazing business in amongst kids all over the state and business? Well, it's all about um, prioritising the hats. I find that in regards to the hat making, I do thrive on um, deadlines, pressure, deadlines. One thing actually I, I don't do as much anymore is oh, once upon a time I would be up at 2 o'clock in the morning just trying to meet that deadline. Oh, crazy, but I don't do that anymore. Yeah. I'm a, a lot more relaxed. I don't think that would do my mindset any good. That's where I've mm-hmm. come from. But, um, well, to my complete delight and enjoyment I just went I'll stuff it I'm going to employ someone to get into this business to expand it so for the first time I've we have not I we have employed Eliza to come in and help make the hats pump them out even through COVID I kind of think 
Well, so be it. All businesses are struggling in this time. So be it. Let's just bite the bullet. Um, good things are to come. Absolutely. And if you can have, if you can grow and if you can continue um, during a time like this, then, you know, there's really not much that can be thrown at you. That will stop you. That, that's right. Because like our product in regards to the hats, they are sustainable. They're mm. investment pieces. They're a type of uh, fashion accessory that will wear out with you over time. They will go with you in their journey, but there's, you know, they're functional, uh, sustainable. They'll be with you for a very long time. Yeah, absolutely. They're so gorgeous. Timeless. And um, yes, Lou, when you're making them, do you get in a bit of a zone? Yes, we do. Just say, for example, the Panamas, there's about 15 steps going from the beginning product way to the end product, which is quite a lot. And I'm talking about uh, the farmers Mm. that grow the straw right through to I get handed the Panama after it's been woven and shaping it, sizing it, putting the trim on and then marketing the hat. It takes about one to three weeks to make a hat. And there's a whole lot of love going into every one of them. There is a whole lot of love and it also is feeding a lot of families along the way. Yeah, that's beautiful. I like watching your stories on your Instagram when you, you know, show some behind the scenes stuff with the with the straw and the families and that sort of thing. It's really nice. Well, I thought that was rather important, um, the educational side to it, because some people might think, ah, why is this hat the price that it is? Whereas I can walk into a chemist and, and buy a hat on a hat rack and it's under $100. And I just felt it was important to educate what all the processes, all the steps that are involved in putting a hat together. Yeah, it really surprised me too when you counted it all up that wow. it was 15 steps to this handmade process. You've had your hats on some pretty um, famous heads. Yes, well, that's an important part of the uh, growing process. Like Sarah Jessica Parker, when I once was in the headband situation, I managed to put a hat on Gay Waterhouse. Oh, that's amazing. Who was the, the starting point of... You know, it was a big inspo from from the very beginning. That was amazing. She wore that hat around and about when she's up there mm. at the Magic Millions with the horses. Yeah, very oh, big moment. And, yeah, that's part of the process of this hat business is you have to put a hat on someone that's actually recognised out there. Yeah. It, the hat lover. She is the hat lover. The world, and she is a hat lover of the world. And I know that loads of people look to her for beautiful inspiration. Oh, absolutely. I um, it's, it, She's quite a special lady in the sense that she will wear a hat that is not possibly not everybody's cup of tea. It's a, it's a little bit edgy and out there too. But I've always said to myself, okay, 
a big goal that I have in life is putting a hat on a royal head. Oh, wow. I've often said this, that I I will try and do my best to achieve that one day. And when I do, I think that's that's the point where I, you know, am allowed to retire. It is a hat extension of myself. Well, it's been in your hands. Well, I've tried. I've tried many times, but it's a process. It's a journey. And um, God help it, Sarah, when I do. I'll shout it from the highest mountain. (laughs) I have thought that I'd like to have Princess Kate wear one of my dresses. (laughs) (laughs) I know, like she is such a rock star. I mean, that that would be amazing. But that's in the pipeline. For one day. Oh, wow. I am so thrilled about that. That's for one day because you've got to kind of work all those things out because the, like, that's yeah. all to do with PR. Like they're all the things that you're doing behind the scenes to make those sort of things happen. Yeah, amazing. Mm. Oh, I'm so excited about that. I know yes. that you will do that. Well, I have to one day. <laughs> then I'm allowed it's to It's only die. a matter of time. <laughs> Yeah, well, let's hope. Because what Meg was Meg had told me yes. about when you had the you know headband fascinator, and you went to Sydney and handed yes. it to Sarah Jessica Parker. She's a beautiful woman, and she was so generous with how she shared that. What she did for me was uh, above and beyond. She didn't have to do that, but that no. just goes to show her full quality of what she's like. Um, so just. The other day when Megan and Harry were on the front page of um, Time Magazine, right? Remember that? Yeah. Okay. So it wasn't Harry that did Megan's hair. It was this bloke, Sergio, right? Oh, yeah. Well, he is Sarah Jessica Parker's hairdresser, right? So it's a big thing to have the, you know, um, they've both got long hair to have this beautiful hair that, just spills out over the chest and, like, it just looks volumised and just beautiful. Well, Mm. it was Sergio. Like, he came to Australia with Sarah Jessica Parker. Mm. So he did her hair. He put the headband on her head and it was his wife that took the photo. Like, do you believe this? It was his wife that took the photo and they posted it. Or for for me. Very, very, uh, look, you know. Oh, so generous. Very generous, beautiful people. But you're in. You just have to contact Sergio and you've got contact to Megan. I never want to lose that aspect of um, who you are. Always be nice, always be kind. Absolutely. It was just through being yourself, being a good person. It gets you so far. It does, and that's how good things came to me that day. Through oh, they having did. a chit chat with Sarah Jessica Parker. <laughs> it all like it just—it's so simple, isn't it? Yes. I mean, you've got to be there. You at uh, the right time, you know, to make it at the right time to make it happen. But it, it still has to happen, and it still is you that has to make it happen too. Oh, beautiful! Mm-hmm. And Lou, have you got any um, have you got any hacks or any tips or tricks? Yes, I do. Yeah, just what we were speaking about: communication and PR and making connections, and that means turning up to functions and 
you know, it, it's about enjoying life, turning up to functions that are connected to what you do. For example, like, you know, often milliners, you know, they make these hats for people to go to the races, Melbourne Cup, Randwick, rah, rah, rah. But they don't turn up themselves. Yeah. I think it's important that you support the industry Make connections and friends. Yeah, that's like hacking your own situation in a sense. Uh, showing up, for example, like LWC, we go to the Magic Millions every year. Yes. And they have complete rock stars that turn up to them. They do. Uh, yeah. So, you know, we're there. We're on the polo fields. Everyone is in an amazing mood and you're chit-chatting to to famous people. Oh, wow. It's just like that. They're all there, yeah. Oh, I'm going to have to have the booth beside you. I think, well, you know, you just turn yeah. up, you show up. Uh, one time up there, like the last time I went a couple of years ago because last year they didn't have it on, like you're having yarnies with um, – Mr. Ferrari of Australia. It <laughs> goes. <laughs> and he's, you know, it's all perfectly normal. Exactly. It's all perfectly normal and you're down to earth and you are yourself and, oh, it's such a joy. But I've met a yeah. few famous people here and there and as far as yes. I'm concerned, you know, they they might have done amazing things and whatnot, but they're just people. They are. The good ones are. The good ones are. Yeah, the yeah. good ones are. That's right. Um, I was on a flight by myself and I was going from Sydney to Queenstown for like a long weekend to do a bit of um, snowboarding and I was meeting a friend over there but we weren't on the same flight. Anyway, I saw this man and woman hop on the plane um, and I was sitting up in Mm -hmm. business and they were sitting in business as well but they were seated apart. So they clearly got onto the plane as a couple but they weren't sitting together. Anyway, um, I looked at this guy and I thought, oh, gosh, he looks familiar. Maybe he went to boarding school yeah. with my brother. I don't know. Anyway, so he's sitting yes. next to me. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Uh, he's sitting next to me. As you do. Yeah. After a little while, I, I said to him, oh, was that your um, partner or your wife that was with you? He said, oh, yes, that's my girlfriend. I said, look, I'm travelling alone. Once we mm-hmm. take off and they turn off the seatbelt sign, I'm mm-hmm. happy to swap seats with her so that you can sit together. He said, oh, would you do that? And I said, yeah, of course, you guys would want to travel together. I'm more than happy to swap. Well, after that, he probably realised that I had no idea who he was, but we chatted a bit. Don't you love that? (laughs) He asked me what I did and I told him I was in mining and I came from a property and um, he was really interested in what I did. And then I asked him what he did and he was the bloody captain of the (gasps) wallabies. Right. Well, see, there you go. Like, that's just a perfect situation that I'm trying to, yeah, exactly. You are yourself and you're normal. And when we landed, she came up to me and she's like, oh, you you know, because when you go out of the airport at Queenstown, they send you basically through, well, customs and um, uh, duty-free, but it's basically like a bottle shop and they've got all of their beautiful New Zealand wines there. (laughs) <laughs> she came up to me and she's like, you should get this yeah. one. This is a really good salve and they've got a deal where you can get, you know, three at this price. I've had this one before and she took me over there and 
you know. And then I ran into them somewhere else and then I ran into them on the plane on the way home. And both times they, you know, all those times they talked to me. But I think that it was purely because I had no idea who they were and I was just being kind to them because I was just being kind to them. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Absolutely. That's what you got to be. Well, thank you, Lou. Thank you so, so much for your time today. I've learned a lot about you. (laughs) You knew a lot about me before you started. I was a little bit. Oh, I've read the website. I've done my research. Yes, you (laughs) did. Like about the Australian Wool Awards. I couldn't believe that. But my God, your research. (laughs) That's good. As always, it's everyone's favourite part of the podcast. <laughs> Your favourite wrap part. up snap quiz. Yeah. So I'm going to ask you a few questions. Okay. Simple yes, no. Mm-hmm. Elaborate if you need to. Okay. I probably will. I always do. Mm-hmm. Do you like being busy? Yes, I do. You may think I'm a widow, but I like it. Do you think you are productive? Yes, I do. I think I'm more productive now than when I was younger or when I didn't have a family. Okay, yeah, good. Do you think I'm productive? Yeah, you get heaps done. Could you use your time better? Always, yes. Okay, I'm in agreement. <laughs> Don't be nasty. Only on a couple of little things. No, I think you can always improve your productivity. Yeah, I could definitely improve. Will you ever slow down? No, <laughs> no. Not even... When you're sitting on a beach in Hawaii with a cocktail after you've had a surf. Oh, maybe then, but that's just a little holiday here and there. No, I really enjoy being busy. I do. (laughs) I do. I know um, it's, again, it's not everybody's cup of tea, but I, I do enjoy being busy. Excellent. I love being busy fishing. listening to all things small biz you can get more tips and find out about all the latest stuff we've got going on at the coax australia facebook and instagram pages that's coax c-o-a-x we'd love you to follow our social media pages or you can jump onto the website www.coaxaustralia.com thanks so much for listening